Welcome to another devilishly cool episode of your favourite DC Comics related podcast, the aptly titled DC Comics News podcast, uh, produced by the people who work at DC Comics News. With me tonight, we have the marvellous fashionista himself, the <laughs> always asks whether you actually want to fight but i'm not going to use the other word if you want to know what we're talking about listen to every episode of mad love the harley quinn cast brad my friend my brother welcome how are you good i'm doing good and how are you doing i'm i'm a, a little good. bit sleepy because um yeah. i'm old and um <laughs> I, I had a very lovely dinner with my family and ate a little bit too much but i'm awake now fresh and raring to go thank you my good, friend good, good. And yeah, we've got a great bunch of stuff to talk about this week, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Lots of very cool stuff. Yeah. We have news, TV streaming news, comics news, and a little bit of a tidbit at the end to uh, delight gamers out there. So let's start off with the movies. Yes, indeed. This is the DC Comics News Podcast, episode 70, and we're going to dive straight into the stuff that everyone wants to hear. First of all, and this will make you happy, I think, my friend. Uh, Patty Jenkins has talked about not only the up-and-coming Wonder Woman 1984, which is due to hit our screens in the summer, but also more Wonder Woman movies in the works and a possible spin-off. I'm smiling. What about you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I dig the idea that she kind of has this arc in mind. And I found it interesting that she has a concept for an Amazon movie, but doesn't want to direct it. She just wants to produce it. And that I think is kind of cool because that could give her possibly maybe free up just a little time. I know producing is not easy, but that could give her some time to really start working on uh, Wonder Woman. I guess at that point it would be Wonder Woman three. So, you know, uh, they would not necessarily need to have to be released that far apart. Um, and I, you know, and the article mentioned something that I think is also really cool is the fact that there's so there could be thousands of years of history within this Amazon movie. And that is so yeah. much to draw on. That could be such a such a cool movie. And if they go back to the cast that they have, that cast is amazing. So that could make an incredible movie. So what do you think? Oh, everything you said. I mean, let's think about the appearances of the Amazons in both the Wonder Woman movie and uh, the Justice League movie. And what I did love is uh, from the version of the film we actually got was that Amazon fight scene with the little glimpses of Green Lantern where they first uh, defeated Steppenwolf was brilliant. And the Amazons themselves in Wonder Woman, like you said, wow. Uh, fascinating history thousands of years worth of it they could go all the way back to ancient greece in the time of the greek gods or they could literally come all the way to the present future and see what's been happening on themyscira while uh, diana's been in man's world and then when you hear uh, patty jenkins enthusiasm for the project and the fact that she's generous enough to produce the show but let another talented director get their chance to shine and tell a brand new amazon story which is linked to another three wonder woman movies like a full movie arc she's saying then oh, i can't help but be excited wonder woman literally turned the tide for dc films whereas you and i probably liked if not loved most of them up until that point that's the film that turned the general audience's mind around so i'm dead excited for 84 
and I'm really excited for these new films too. I mean, can you imagine how great an Amazon Union film is going to be? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine it not being great, and especially it, it's intriguing too because we don't know who the director is going to be, so we can kind of come up in our minds like what, who would make a great director for this, and you know, there'd be, you know, a lot of a lot of possible names. So yeah, I mean, it's the the possibilities are are really endless. And there's a wealth of, of great talent out there. Um, and, and if it's another female director, then more power to her as well. And speaking of powerful females, our next story is very funny. Um, we catch up on a great interview recorded here in the UK on BBC Radio 1 with Anne Hathaway. And a lot of the portion, a large portion of the videos dedicated to her role as Catwoman. But she actually went into audition thinking she was going to be playing a completely different character. This is a great story. What did you make of it? Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Uh, I can only imagine how off guard she must have felt and she she's such a good sport about it too which i find which i find good but really as a director casting agent whatever kind of throwing your potential actor off on a audition might be a way to get a really cool performance and audition for a role that they weren't expecting now i i you know in my mind i it's hard for me to picture anne hathaway as harley quinn um, and I, I'm sure she could do a good job, but she seems a little more refined, I guess is the word. And Harley seems a little bit more raw. Um, so I, I really couldn't imagine her as Harley Quinn, but it would, uh, it would have been interesting to watch her audition as that character. But yeah, overall it was a pretty funny story. Uh, what'd you make of it? It was such a fun video, wasn't it? She comes across yeah. as such a complete sport, but it also shows the the level of um, talent she has where she went into this interview dressed a little Harley-esque and doing crazy looks and, and, and acting kooky and then had to turn on a diamond. I, I love the phrase she used, I'm slinky, I'm slinky. Yeah. I'm I hate my shirt. I love my shirt. Oh, I hate it right now. Yeah. <laughs> what a talent. I mean, if you can do that actually face to face with people who are, who are trying to cast this movie and turn on a diamond because they are polar opposites. Like you said, uh, and Hathaway comes across as a demure, sophisticated lady in Harley Quinn is cuckoo and she turned and changed the performance to see that which is incredible but if you're a fan of hers and i am a huge Anne hathaway fan i mean i'm not ashamed to admit that the first thing i saw her in was princess diaries because i saw it with a couple of my nieces and i thought her performances in those films were absolutely stellar and then you see the complete contrast if you watch the complete video we looked at this evening um to what she did in les miserables and i honestly think that she could have made an incredible Harley Quinn, but mm-hmm. thankfully um, she looks like a cat and she's slinky. So she, made you know, that's kind of a, a cool thing about Batman villains in general. Uh, mm-hmm. If you think about it in a way, when it was originally uh, revealed that Heath Ledger was going to be Joker, everybody lost their mind oh he'll be terrible he'll be terrible yeah. look what happened so many and you know it, it should just 
the way that these characters are created or portrayed in in the books that they can be uh, reinterpreted in these way by these actors. So yeah, I mean, I, I certainly know that Anne would have the the talent to bring a kind of a spin on on Harley Quinn. I mean, even Margot Robbie, uh, you wouldn't necessarily she. I think Margot Robbie has the look. But even in the roles that she played before Harley, you wouldn't necessarily see her in that way. But she really made that role her own. I couldn't agree more. Uh, like you said, again, they seem to definitely both characters look like the characters they portray in these films. Mm-hmm. So it would have been um, nice to see possibly a different take. But we've had it um, like in the Spider-Man movies, the original trilogy, where... Um, the actress who played Gwen Stacy, who's actually a redhead, played a blonde. And the actress who played Mary Jane is actually a blonde in real life, and she played a redhead. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. They both did a decent job of it. So who knew? But then again, with the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies, they cast uh, Emma Stone as Gwen, and she's a redhead. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do? So. Right. I say stick with the actor's abilities. And uh, luckily, personally, I think Dan Hathaway was a fantastic Catwoman, one of my all time favorites in the role. So it, it worked out for the best, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And casting and roles. Um, we're going to get a brand new Superman animated movie, a year one style one with three very well-known names taking on the roles of Clark, Superman, uh, Lex Luthor, and Lois Lane. What did you make of this brilliant story? Yeah, these, these, this is a, an impressive cast. These are all pretty, uh, really pretty big is. names. Yeah, uh, I was, uh, I was surprised. I mean, but these DC animated movies, uh, again, they're so well done. They have such a great pedigree and a great reputation. It's like you know that you're going to get a good animated movie when you sit down to watch one no matter what i mean there's been a little misses here and there but overall the dc animated movies cannot be messed with uh so it kind of makes sense that um actors like Darren chris and zachary quinto alexander daddario are going to be you know in these roles and it's funny i i not too long ago just in fact it was just this weekend i listened to a podcast that uh, Alexandra Daddario was on and she didn't mention this. So I don't know if this, maybe they were holding it to release it now and she couldn't talk about it, but um, yeah, I think this is really cool. And Zachary Quinto, I mean, you know, heroes, Spock, uh, they all definitely cred in the nerd world. So I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what these actors bring to the table. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. yeah, you called it. You totally called it. I mean, Darren Chris is no stranger to the DC universe. He's already played a music meister in uh, our friend Shana's favorite ever episode of The Flash. So he's uh, a, a DC star already. And Zachary Quinto, well, um, from Heroes, to like you said, the only thing I liked about the new Star Trek movies was Zachary Quinto, Spock, and Alexandra Dario again very very talented young lady and yeah you're right i think the reason she didn't mention it in the podcast was because this was going to be breaking news they wanted to break it and uh, let dc fans jump for joy because like you said these three are well-known very talented young actors and to see a year one style story i mean do you think it's going to be a brand new script or will they slightly base it on the recent year one by frank miller and john romita jr what, what do you reckon they're going to do with that well Man, uh, I, I, I would say it's probably going to be an original story. 
Uh, and I have mixed I have mixed feelings about the um, the Frank Miller's Superman Year One. I I loved most of it. I just wasn't wild about the Atlantis part. So if they do adapt it, I think they could just take get rid of that. <laughs> but but other than that, like him being in the military and you know like the the, the third act was really good too. So yeah, I'm kind of thinking no, but you know I, I certainly been wrong in the past. So we'll see. <laughs> Well, we'll find out. Absolutely. We'll, we'll know when we see it. But like you said, yeah, there are elements of the year one story that were fantastic. And I was very fortunate to speak to Frank Miller and to John Romita Jr. about a, six months to a year before they launched that. And they let so much stuff slide that their editor was actually shooting daggers at them when they were talking <laughs> to me. And I managed to break the scoops about <laughs> Batman appearing and the whole thing about him being a, a Navy SEAL. So uh, but then John Romita Jr. actually threw the Atlantis thing in there in a world as well. And I thought, what the heck? So, yeah, if uh, oh, if they base some of it on that, I mean, the whole crypto escape scene actually seen through the eyes of a baby Kal-El was beautifully done. I thought yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah. strong. But there are other elements, yeah, which didn't quite hit the mark. But do you not think as well that that Superman year one story um, is bad advertising because it's more like four or five years of Superman actually taking the steps to becoming Superman. It wasn't a year one story right, at all. Right. Just yeah. a different origin take, wasn't it? An expanded yeah. origin of Superman. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, don't yeah, if you're listening, don't get me wrong. I uh, I think you should go out and read it. <laughs> I mean, it's oh, it's definitely, definitely, worth, it's a definitely read. worth a read. Yeah, for definitely sure. Definitely worth a read, but it's not year one by any shape of the imagination. Um but sticking with the man of steel, <clears throat> we've got some great, great uh, superman related news this week the next one is that uh well this isn't a great story it's just a very interesting story uh superman and lois which is currently beginning production for its first season and lots of other cw shows are having a bit of an upheaval behind the scenes obviously everyone knows um that the world's in a weird place right now due to the whole coronavirus covid19 scare And the CW are totally rethinking how they're going to use and make love scenes and fight scenes when they resume production once the crisis abates. Now, this this is fascinating to me. What did you make of this story, Brad? I think that this has to be something that they need to consider in the short term. But I I'm very wary of them doing this as a policy going forward from now on. I just I don't think it is realistic, and I think that that is uh, to to a little bit of a point letting fear overrule things a little bit. Um, I I think that with you know you know productions over the next you know year are probably going to have to be kind of rethought, and it's easier it's easier to do with love scenes obviously than it is with action scenes, um, but yeah, I just I this can't be a forever thing. It's that's just that's just too much. But you know the thing is too is that life moves on, and you know we're all going to be getting back out there soon enough, and these productions are going to kick up again. But there is a possibility that we're going to be dealing with COVID nineteen at least for another like i was saying like a year and in a year that's what you know shows are going to be produced and and seen shot between now and a year from now so um you know i think it's inevitable that something's going to happen but i feel like i'm repeating myself but what do you think 
like you called it, I mean, there's a, there's a great line in the actual article that says that, no, we're not going to see uh, characters performing the lines and acting with other people from the window to yeah, the street. Yeah, we're not going to see the Flash fighting from the teeth, like, fighting <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, they're not going to do that. But, uh, I mean, let's be realistic as well. In a lot of the love scenes, it's body doubles anyway. And mm-hmm. in virtually everything on the CW, apart from a lot of Stephen ML stuff, most of the fight sequences are done by stunt guys as well. But if they're saying that, obviously, for health reasons, they're not even going to let stunt people touch each other, then that gets a little bit scary. And you start to think, well, whoa. So what is everything going to be done by motion capture now? Is it all going to be CGI? Because that is a step too far and extremely expensive, I would have thought, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that that will definitely get cost prohibitive at some point. So once the world settles down, um, well, we'll see what happens. But a fascinating story. And it's just kind of stuff that, as a viewer, you don't really think about that much. We think about, obviously, our own situations. But uh, standing two meters apart from someone in the supermarket, um, it's fairly easy to do and inexpensive. But if you're a stunt fighter, you can't really throw a punch unless you're plastic, man. And uh, if the yeah. person you're fighting two meters away. But there you go. There'll be a lot of fighting with Ralph Dibney in, oh. in the flesh. Yes. Yeah, basically, they'll just, they'll just change the name of the show to Elongated Man. And there you go. Yeah, right. Problem solved. Oh, dear. Anyway, let's uh, move on to our next story. Um, and this is a good one. Smallville fans. Rejoice. Tom Welling, Christine Crook, and Michael Rosenbaum for charity. I mean, this is amazing. Are going to be doing at the end of May a live chat with fans. So any Smallville fan, and I'm sure there's a few of them out there. I mean, I think you and I qualify, don't we, Brad? Yes. Yes, definitely. Are you uh, going to get a set of questions ready for this? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I might. I might. Um, I, I did really enjoy Smallville and Smallville doesn't get enough credit for kind of laying the foundation for what kind of became the CW shows. It was almost in a way a little bit ahead of its time. It was a little bit before the culture caught up to it and, you know, superheroes are as big as they are now. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Superville was a massive hit. But I think it would have even been a huger hit if it came out now. Um, and the cast, another you know, another one of those shows where I really like the cast, and especially the three leads. So I'm sure that they would have a lot of stories to tell uh, and, you know, a lot of uh, fun memories to reminisce about about the show. So, yeah, I think this and it's a great cause. So, yeah, I think this this story definitely made me smile. Uh, what do you think? The same as you, but I have to make a confession here. I was very, very late to Smallville. I mean, don't get me wrong. When it first aired, I actually did watch it because I thought, oh, a Superman show. Yeah, I want to watch this. But I actually um, suffered what many people um, suffered with, with Gotham originally, that I thought, hang on, what the hell am I watching? This isn't Superman at all. This is like X-Files 90210. It's just lots of pretty people um, fighting weird effects from kryptonite every week and i stopped watching until years and years later i mean i should have given it more of a chance because obviously any first season something new is going to be finding its feet but what i love that you said is that yeah smallville is the 
granddaddy more than arrow this is one that started it all because that whole kryptonite thing was a really easy and original way to get superpowers into a show without having to evolve aliens and um scientific experiments gone wrong and stuff like that 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 kryptonite had different effects on different parts of uh, nature and and humanity that it yeah. did cause some strange powers and, and that's what led to the whole storytelling and then flash copied that with the whole uh, um reactor thing at star labs going man and giving people powers to to make it easier to have yeah. that so yeah you're absolutely yeah right. it, it really it was a really cool way to twist the whole you were, you know you had it's funny you're saying x files 90210 to, to, to kind of use that uh, x files monster of the week idea with yeah. the kryptonite so, and yeah. that was such a such a good way to kind of set the base for the first season and and definitely a cool way to build on the whole mythos of, of Superman. Yeah, it was it, it was a, definitely a fun show. Absolutely. And to have these three leads helping people who are starving um, just by getting together on a video chat for fans is a simple but fantastic idea. So um, if anyone wants to join in on this, seriously, just do a Google search for this topic because i know i know dozens of smallville fans who will lose their minds at this news it, it, it's it's just great so brilliant and thanks to the three stars for giving of their time for such a worthwhile cause eh really mm. now that's our movie news done let's talk tv shall we brad and i have seen the first three episodes of uh star girl now and oh wow I didn't think um, that I could love a show this much this quickly, but do you not agree that DC Universe are batting 100? Every new show they produce is just killing it. Uh, What do you think about this new story that a a live Q&A with the producers and and the star of Stargirl is one of the many new things that DC Universe is lining up for fans in the next few weeks? You know, it's it's. One thing I like about the DC Universe streaming service uh, as a whole is that it really services comic book fans. And having Jeff Johns as well as Brett Bassinger is kind of a cool thing because then th- then people can ask comic book questions that uh, maybe the cast wouldn't know, but Jeff Johns would. So it's kind of a, a cool approach. And, you know, I just look at this and i'm thinking this is why dc universe as a streaming service needs to exist separate from whatever may come down the line with hbo max because they can do cool things like this and i i think that with hbo max something like this would get lost in the shuffle and overall it's just a cool way to promote the show as you know as uh you know especially times right now where you you're not really seeing a whole lot of billboards and things like that um it's just a it's just a cool way to market the show i think what do you think yeah you're completely right um it's a great way of promoting a great series and having star girls creator because obviously jeff johns created the character of courtney moore for the comics there to answer comic related questions and having the actress and the costume designers and everything else there for the rest of it is just really clever and it's going to be really really fun um i've loved the the what I've seen of the show so far, the Justice Society, but also 
there's not just this happening on this um on these q and a's there's lots of other cool things as well like the people behind uh the harley quinn animated series a dc uh a fictionado and a comic guru talking about how the comics are made what do you think about the rest of the content for this uh for these q and a's yeah yeah uh, it's you know absolutely very uh, very cool very vital uh i'm looking through here to see things that like kind of grab me um like i i love you know like you were saying that the harley quinn uh, executive producers and showrunners are going to talk. I would love to ask them questions, especially since we've been talking so much about Harley Quinn on the Mad Love uh, podcast. Uh, Haven't we just? Yeah, yeah. And the idea that they're getting uh, DC's archivist in librarian, uh, that would be so many cool questions you could ask them too. So yeah, I think there is so much cool stuff here for sure. <laughs> and, and in my fashionista yeah. ways, the fact that they're having a costume designer as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you took it. I was that was the one I was gonna. Throw yeah, I was like, oh, I brilliant. Can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Could not mention that. Absolutely. I mean, there's something there for everybody because obviously you've got your your costume designer to talk to. I mean, I would love. I could probably spend a week talking to Benjamin Leclerc if, if he's DC's archivist and librarian. He must be like the modern day Bob Brazakis, he could be the new answer man. And that's something I would love to do as well with, with the nickname I've been given by uh, friends and family of being called Geekopedia and Nerd Yoda. Um, that's a man I would love to talk to. So mm-hmm. yeah, these Q and A's uh, for DC universe fans are woof. Wow. Brilliant. Really, really look forward to those. So oh, exciting times, exciting times indeed. Okay, so we've talked movies and we've talked TV. That means we need to have a rest, lubricate our vocal cords, and listen to our colleagues talk about some of the other great shows you can hear on the DC Comics News Podcast Network. Uh, We'll be right back. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by... The guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. 
Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Madbub, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. And we have returned. Hi, Brad. Hello. <laughs> And we've talked TV and movies, and now we're going to talk about our favourite subject, aren't we, my friend? We're going to talk about the comics. And more news on the DC Digital First, um, where they're finally uh, publishing online some of the great stories that you and I love from the DC 100-page giants. And the next uh, few weeks lineup is very impressive, too. What do you make of this story, Brad? Yeah, I... I love these giant stories a lot, and I'm so glad that this might get them into more people's hands. Uh, you know, they're definitely, definitely worth checking out. Uh, definitely a cool way to uh, kill some time during quarantine. These stories are are very. The art's great. The the writing's great. So please just check them out. The swamp swamp thing I think is some of my favorite of the giants. So I was happy to see that that they've made this list as well. So, yeah, definitely, definitely excited about this, especially for people who haven't read them yet. I couldn't agree more. I actually collect, as you know, uh, the Batman Giant, the World's Finest Giant and the Swamp Thing Giants. And I picked up the two uh, limited series, the two Crisis on Infinite Earth Giants, which both tied into the TV crossover, uh, paid homage to the original crossover and actually reprinted a couple of the classic chapters for that. But. Yeah, these digital firsts based on the comics that uh, caused a bit of controversy amongst uh, comic book retailers that uh, they're reprinting stuff that was distributed to non-comic book stores, which is something that you and I actually love, but comic book stores didn't like, apparently. Uh, it's, It's good news because, like I said, it's a fresh audience that they can bring in to reading these classic books and the titles they've got flash aquaman swamp thing batman superman wonder woman um even the dc's uh what are they called the superhero girls Mm-hmm. it's just great stuff and a yeah. great range of audiences um obviously the batman stories interests me but uh i have them in paper form and hopefully we'll be able to pick up issue four of the batman giant soon if the if this quarantine's lifted and retails yeah i, I may ordered one so we'll see oh i'm gonna have to find a way of getting my comics i literally have not had a new comic in this house since uh, the lockdown started in and over here that was uh, in late march so mm-hmm. i have craving but luckily i've got over ten thousand comics of my own so i'm not going to be short of stuff to read (laughs) so um that's not an exaggeration i actually have ten thousand comics so uh, nice 
Nice. Uh, it's lovely. It's driving my <laughs> poor wife insane. Right. But, hey, I'm a happy fan. What can I tell you? Um, <laughs> it keeps me out of trouble. I just say, listen, would you rather be out? I'd be out there smoking and drinking and gambling right. and womanizing or at home. Looking at Batman, exactly. you know, <laughs> everybody wins. <laughs> oh dear! But um, speaking of new comics, sorry, were you going to say something, Brad? Sorry. Well, uh, no, I just wanted to add that I'm glad that you you brought up the fact that you know a lot of different ages can be can can find yeah. something to read here. Uh, so that was kind of a good idea to include the superhero girls as well. Absolutely. Uh, again, uh, my nieces love the show, and I'm sure that I should be uh, pointing them in the direction of these digital books, because unlike you and I, who love the feel of the paper in our mitts, um, a lot of the younger audiences do like a digital format. So this might be something to get them into comics with as well. <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> I don't care. Sorry. Not sorry. Ah. <sighs> lovely comics i love comics and speaking of comics diamond have plans to release the revised june solicitations and have included all the stuff that was due to be out in may as well we're getting closer brad we're getting closer what did you make of this story yeah that's that's the that's the heart of it right there we're getting closer we're getting we're getting closer uh oh yeah I, I, overall i think that is a a really good a really good sign um it's just gonna i have a feeling before things get back on track there's gonna be a lot of hiccups and a lot of um back and forth between diamond and comic shops and 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 the companies and when things actually um get on the shelves uh you know and, and this brings up these delays and everything and kind of switching the subject it's just i i'm kind of wondering you know how many delays that we had to talk about before the COVID-19 with everything going on now, I wonder if that's going to kind of fix that problem for a little while as things get back on this normal production. Um, Cause you know, that, that right now, I mean, they haven't, th this catalog comes out in May 27th and they really haven't printed one for two months. So that's like a two month backlog of product that they're going to have to get out. So hopefully that'll give, you know dc some time to do a little catch-up so we'll see but it, it, you know at the end of the day it's just really good that that we have this to look forward to that things can kind of get back moving again the light at the end of the tunnel yeah, and, uh, it, like you said we've been talking about this delay that delay the other delay titles held back for months and months and months and months so if this does help ease that situation that's something else we've all got to be happy about at least uh, the people who make this show but uh, obviously the delays with with shazam were getting crazy and there, there was a time when it was like four or five months delay with a book so having a i mean we've only really been locked up for a couple of months even though it seems like years um so that title i still feel we might have some bad news about but i'm gonna dwell on the positives and i finally got new comics to read and review this week so that's made me happy yeah so, <sighs> crazy stuff. Um, and uh, yeah uh, i've also been very naughty brad and i've ordered uh, a few missing back issues online and spent a bit of money so <laughs> <laughs> and 
sticking with comics news and this is something that we do want to tell people about because this is terrific news mike perkins uh brilliant creative talent has been signed for a further three more years to an exclusive dc deal now this one's made me happy because his work on the lois lane miniseries has been stellar what do you make of this story right yeah yeah uh his work on lois lane has been great so i think that that i think the dc was smart to snag him up for uh three more years i think that they know that they've got um something you know a really good talent on their hands and you know that was interesting he says he's going to get to work on something that he's been wanting to do since he's been a fan and not somebody working in the industry so i wonder what that could be so i'm really i'm really curious about what that's going to be so hopefully we'll have news on that soon enough his style is just terrific i mean i can honestly see this guy doing any like noir tale or detective tale or anything that's real world based and earthy i mean all the way to i'd love to see this guy's take on batman um yeah his 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 rendering his his storytelling is fantastic and if he's excited about a project that he's been wanting to do since before he was even signed to his first contract uh that makes me excited i mean i literally you know me I, i i am a fairly open book i'll buy any comic book or novel or whatever that's batman related but i'm always a little bit more reticent to pick up um some of the titles led by other people and thanks to seth on the spinner rack i started reading both uh jimmy olsen and lois lane and i'm so glad i did because otherwise i might not have known who white perkins was and now that i do um brilliant news congratulations mr perkins uh you've earned it you definitely deserve that and i cannot wait to see what you give us next i mean do you you like his art as well by the sounds of things oh yeah yeah i do yeah um yeah and i totally agree that that like gritty real world and his take on batman on like a black label book even could be uh, uh, really amazing absolutely i mean actually wouldn't you love him to do an ongoing with Renee is the question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah. And, and oh, literally absolutely. straight yeah. off the heels of the Lois Lane story as well. I mean, even uh, getting Renee and Vic Sage to team up, perhaps. I mean, that would be awesome. And so in his wheelhouse that that could be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Or maybe finally... We may even get an ongoing Zatanna title, but now I'm just wishing my life away. Yeah, I mean, uh, she's one of my favorite characters, and I would, yeah, I would absolutely love to see that. And you know, going back a little ways, what we were talking about with the um, digital first, uh, I loved the Zatanna story in the Swamp Thing Giants. That was such a fun story. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a cool idea. Comics fans who want to get into these characters need to pick up 100-page diamonds, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's such a great intro because the stories are modern, so they're not going to feel – they're not going to have that old golden age feel. It's not like really old issues. So that I think that will be a draw to snag people in if they start reading it. They, the, the stories move fast and yeah i mean they're just they're just perfect for what comics are right now yeah 
they give that nostalgia feel because of their anthologies. But mm-hmm. when you get think of the fact that these books for about a five bucks are collecting two brand new stories every issue. Then you've got a classic Batman story in the Batman Giant, a classic Batwoman story. I mean, right now they're printing one of our favorites, Elegy, in that title. Mm. Uh, and uh, Scott Snyder's uh, New 52 run of Batman as well. I mean, that is a crazy amount of brilliant comic books collected. And then there's something again, two brand new stories, John Constantine and, like you said, Zatanna as well. It's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's a great value. If you go in to buy a comic, it's it's two three ninety nine now. You can get another dollar, and you can have four, yep. or you know, four or stories. Five yeah, some issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Comics fans, all anyone who's listening who's wondering how to get um, some younger readers into comics and introduce them to the characters, these one hundred page giants are a good, cost effective way of doing so. Because, like I said. Brand new stuff in there and the vintage stuff and the stuff they've edited, the stuff they've curated for these titles really is brilliant. The Zatanna uh, strip is terrific. I mean, I must have missed this when it first came around, which is weird for me because like you, I'm a huge Zatanna fan. So to me, this is a brand new comic um, as well. So really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have one other piece of news now. And this is for the tabletop gamers out there. This is a story I'm going to show to my son because he is the D&D Magic the Gathering and board game player of the house. And thankfully, because he's locked in with us, we've had a ton of fun playing some of this stuff and not just being glued to the goggle box or rereading um old stuff that we've read already before we've had a ton of fun as a family playing games and when you see that the justice league is going to be taking on the batman who laughs and the other dark multiverse batman in a game oh i'm excited what do you make of this (laughs) yeah i i i'm not much of a board gamer but uh this is one of those stories like uh, stories about kind of cool toys that make me live vicariously for through fans that love this stuff, because this just seems like something that would just be a dream come true. Uh, You know, especially someone like you, Steve, who loves Batman so much and who does play board games. This is like, yeah, this is like, this is perfect for you. This is, this is definitely going to be in your household at some point, I'm sure. Oh yeah. No doubt we're going to be buying this one. And again, I was a huge fan of the complete wacky insanity that was Dark Knight's Metal. So having those characters uh, playable is, again, something that really fascinates me. I mean, do you a fan of Dark Knight's Metal? Did you read that uh, bunch? Yeah, Yeah. to me, it's just it's it's amazing how much traction and and impact. Batman who laughs has had uh, like it's just a character that took off like I haven't seen a character take off like that since maybe Venom or Spawn back you know back in the 90s uh, that people already know who it is who he is and it's like he's going to be in the new um, the Batman animated comic uh, as well yes. uh, and that between Batman la- the Batman who laughs and Punchline that's those are going to be a generation defining character, both of them, I think. 
Yeah, it could be this generation's, literally, like you said, Venom, Carnage, um, and and Harley Quinn in the with with Punchline yeah. because, like you said, the the furore and the fan um, excitement for this character has been unprecedented. And like you say, with the Batman Who Laughs and actually all the Dark Multiverse. Uh, Batman, who are like the most evil and corrupted versions of Batman there is. I mean, let's be honest here. Um, Batman was scary enough before this. Um, the whole Tower of Babel and his plans against his own teammates in the Justice League of having ways to take them all down in case their powers corrupted them and they turned evil was scary enough. But then to have evil versions of him with the powers of the Justice League or an evil version of him where he actually is the Joker as well was just great great storytelling wasn't it yeah 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 and, and that's not only is it great storytelling but it's great storytelling in the comics medium it, it's it's the it, it, it's what fans like about the medium that makes them pick up the books is these crazy ideas and the like with a good execution with these crazy ideas it's even better so i think that this it's one of the reasons why comic fans are comic fans stories like this and i don't know if you're the same because obviously i'm one of the elder statesmen on on the two websites on dc comics news and dark knight news to me one of the things that shocked me the most about dark knight's metal was the final destruction of the source wall because that was something that remained inviolate throughout my whole life since jack kirby introduced it in the new gods back in the 60s yeah nothing broke oh, through yeah. all. and as you and i are huge swamp thing fans we know that even he when he was uh banished from earth by lex luther after he uh traipsed through gotham's giant redwood trees to save <laughs> abby from uh being uh, arrested uh was uh incredible he couldn't even help metron break through the source wall i mean was that something that had an effect on you from that comic as well? Yes, because something like that is something that that's such a big event uh, that if if the source wall is being broken, then this story is going to have a lasting impact for years to come. And going back to the storytelling thing and just pure storytelling, breaking the source wall, there is so much good fodder there for crazy stories what's behind the source wall and uh, we saw that in what was it no mercy the creatures that broke the that broke through after that it's just that was just a that, that whole idea of breaking the source wall it's just that's that's high stakes for sure yeah absolutely and one thing that you and i definitely got out of that was the fact that uh, magic on earth was disrupted because for many thousands of years or uh, possibly even millions of years um, the users of magic on this side of the source wall thought that it was something they were using and it was theirs but we also discovered that not only is it super science and alien creatures that were kept back and held prisoner behind the source wall uh, the pe- the creatures that created magic the other kind the upside down men and his ilk um, have broken through as well and they want their power back and i mean i know we go on about it a lot but that part of uh, the story and, and the way it's totally led to the brilliant resurgence of the new Justice League Dark. Right. Something that has really made me happy. And yeah. I take it you feel the same way. Well, yeah, that's what I was meaning. You know, that's like the high stakes. It's like it has that much effect on things like magic. And that's and that's things that you can use in these different series to really 
to, to, to really make interesting stories. And nothing's more of an example of that than, than Justice League Dark. And kind of a lot of things that were happening with with Wonder Woman, uh, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's been it goes back to what I've been saying, that we're kind of in a golden age for DC Comics right now. And I think one of the reasons is just all of the after effects of Dark Knight's Metal. Would you be picking up Death Metal, the sequel, when it comes out? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't see how I can avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's ingrained in our DNA. Yeah. You must yeah. buy this comic. Right. Exactly. And if that one, again, leads to, I mean, this board game looks fascinating. It's definitely one that we're going to be picking up. And to have all the Dark, men, uh, dark Batman as playable characters is something that I'm going to find a lot of fun. So, yeah, definitely one to look out for on that stakes. But obviously, with the whole uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic going on and everyone being locked up, and we already talked about it in this show, not being able to get new comics. Um, what have you been doing to keep entertained in the realms of DC yourself the last few weeks, Brad? Well, I've been, of course, loving uh, the Harley Quinn animated series between the new episodes oh, yeah. that are coming out and rewatching the old episodes uh, for the podcast. It's just been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, as far as reading goes, uh, I finished, I just finished reading the uh, art of Jim Lee, DC Comics art of Jim Lee volume one, um, which Ooh. led me to go to eBay to reorder the Intimates, which was kind of DC related. Uh, it was a Wildstorm comic about this school that trained superpowered teenagers to be superheroes. And it was really quirky and funny. And it was uh, Joe Casey and uh, Jim Lee did the covers and co created it. And it was a fun, wild story. And I had those issues when they first came out, but. I did a purge of my comics a few years back and they went and I had, so I, I went on eBay and found a really good deal on all 12 issues. So I, I reread that and I'm also reading the freedom fighters rise of the nation, which was, uh, it's Great. a lot of fun. I'm almost halfway done. Yeah. Um, cause that was one that I've been dying for it to come out collected because I, I didn't get the issues when they came out. I was like, I'm going to wait because I want to, there was something about it that was telling me, wait and read it as a collected story and i'm glad i did the art is just amazing and uh very rarely there's so much action in it it's 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 like a blockbuster hollywood movie in comic book form but yet it still has a lot to say uh in the world we live in now uh and i thought that was a a very good balance so yeah i would definitely recommend uh picking up freedom fighters rise of a nation if you have not so that's that's what uh, that's what I've been reading and watching in the DC world. What about you? Well, now there's something else I want to read. So you, well done, Brad. I'm proud of you. You've flipped the scenario on me rather than me oh, good, good. getting you to read stuff. <laughs> please send me a link. I've never even heard about that uh, Joe Casey, Jim Lee story. And I really want to read that now, especially if it's yeah. easy to pick up. It's just a 12 issue run. So they haven't done a trade of that one yet. No, and that's oh, that's what I want. Yeah, thank you for reminding really? me that they didn't, uh, and I don't. It, that must have not sold well or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, because that's what that's where I went to first. It's like, oh, let me just pick up the trades, you know, on on yeah. Amazon. Nothing. <laughs> wow. 
yeah. So either it was Casey's a really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what a collaboration. Yeah. Well, uh, Jim Lee's a co-creator. He does art on some of the covers, but he doesn't do the interior art. Um, but in that Jim Lee art book, they had some of you know some of the covers, and they talked about it a little bit, and that made me curious to reread the story. But yeah, look it up. Uh, it, it wasn't. Uh, I, I got all twelve issues for like ten bucks, I think. So I think that if you can find it out there, you can That's find it pretty reasonable. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, yes, please. Uh, when we finish recording, send me the links for that. I definitely want to pick that up. That sounds yeah. great. I mean, have you been um, checking out Jim Lee's daily sketches? Because, man, yeah, he's yeah, a yeah, beast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. he really is. <laughs> oh, I, I, he just blows my mind on a daily basis. I mean, we, we mentioned this as well on the show that his sketches make some finished comic book art look amateurish. Yeah. How does he do that? He's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. There's just so much talent because not only does he have the artistic talent, but he's got the business acumen too. And it's just, mm-hmm. he's just a, DC is, is lucky to have, have him for sure. Oh, and so are we, because like you said, I mean, DC books these days, on the whole, the vast majority of what they're putting out is stellar. Absolutely. Yeah. Stella, I mean, it, it's like a golden age for DC fans. You put it perfectly. And case in point, but without um, new stuff to read, what I've been doing and uh, is 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 digging up my collection. And thankfully, um, this week I've been so busy with podcasts. This is actually the fourth podcast I've been part of this week. Um, so what I've been doing is uh, recently a really good friend of mine and fellow Dark Knight news writer Max Byrne invited me onto his show where he um, is doing the essential DC and Marvel uh, reading list, basically the biggest and best stories ever. And obviously oh, nice. he yeah. uh, put up a Batman related title, uh, Under the Hood, the reintroduction mm-hmm. of Jason Todd when he comes back from the dead. And obviously, um, well, like you said, how could I miss that opportunity? But being Steve, rather than just reading Under the Hood, I thought, hmm, why don't I just pull out all the Jason Todd comics? Obviously, I was doing a bit of research already for the Robin 80th anniversary issue. Mm-hmm. I wanted to dig up those anyway. And obviously, I didn't realize, that obviously, yeah, Jason Todd was around for about five or six years before they killed him. But only two years of that was the canon post-crisis street kid, Jason Todd. Before that, it was Jerry Conway's original and much better received uh, red-haired Jason Todd, who, again, was a circus performer and had an origin virtually identical to that of uh, Dick Grayson. And no one objected to that, Jason Todd. And I thought... Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen this before with Dick Grayson. I preferred the street kid, Jason Todd, who was trying to boost the tyres from the Batmobile, but uh, most readers hated him, and therefore they killed him. So I pulled out all of those stories. I pulled out Hush. I pulled out uh, Red Hood Volume 2. I pulled out The Cult and... Um, what was the oh, other one? The Cult, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Lost Years. Red Hood, The Lost Years. Yeah. And, of course had to infinite crisis uh, because obviously that's where the effects of this dark universe that the golden age superman and the earth prime superboy and alexander luther hated this that 
the DC world was too dark and gritty. They sound like Marvel fanboys. And yeah. <laughs> reversed many of the deaths that happened in that dark era and brought Jason Todd back. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. So rather than just read the one book we were supposed to talk about for the podcast, I decided to read the entire life of Jason Todd. Oh, yeah, it's Todd. easy. It's easy to fall into a wormhole once you start doing stuff like that. Oh, for sure. Yep. With 10,000 comics, yeah, it's, it's easy to, to, for sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, about four or 5,000 of those are Batman. Um, oh, so, yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, uh, my Batman and Detective Comics collection does go back to the 50s. I haven't got any 40s issues yet, but I've got an uninterrupted run of both books and most of the uh, Robin, Nightwing, Catwoman, uh, sidekick books, uh, uninterrupted mm. from 86 to present day. Oh, wow. Oh, that's impressive. So, um, yeah, I've got a lot of stuff I can read. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the only person yeah. in the house that isn't bored. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same way. I have so many, I have so many books that I'm not, yeah, I've been, yeah, for sure. That's, in fact, that, that's, that's been one of the positives of this whole thing. Is yeah. It has allowed me to, to catch up a little bit. And I've caught up on a lot of TV. Yeah. Um, Not as much as I would like, but uh, yeah. Do you know what's really funny is obviously with the Harley Quinn, which you mentioned and which we all talk about weekly. Listeners, listen to the Mad Love Harley Quinn cast. Uh, Plug over. Um, The rewatching those um, has led me to love them more. I mean, I love them first time around, but rewatching them for the podcast uh, they're even better second time around, aren't they? Yeah, well, we all, yeah. Like I, you know, I, and I said this on the podcast yesterday that, um, which, which for me, good comedies don't necessarily grab you the first time you watch it. The more you watch it, the funnier it gets. And and the, the, the those Harley Quinn episodes are even better the second time. Totally. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, comedy is the kind of stuff that really gives those water cooler moments isn't it i mean how many decades later with comedy are people quoting monty python and yeah. 40 towers and uh, all the classic comedies I mean, even stuff like happy days which ended decades ago and friends people are still quoting stuff like we were on a break and big bang theory which is one of my all-time favorites again that shows that get better on repeated viewing so yeah harley quinn's just another one of those isn't it yeah yeah absolutely this should be a oh. show that everybody's talking about watching. oh yeah <laughs> and uh, hopefully our little uh slice of weekly insanity we'll do that yeah decide to let out our dark sides um will help do that and obviously um i actually i haven't mentioned this before uh, uh, the UK network, which is finally started airing Batwoman, apparently is going to be showing the Harley Quinn animated series on a UK network as well. Oh, so nice. leave you me. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be good, shouting good. about that from the rooftops good. without shadow of a doubt. Oh, so, that's yeah, that's what we've been watching and reading. What about listeners? Um, we always want to hear your feedback. We always want you to leave us comments, uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate us, tell us what score you give us. And that way we know when we're doing something right and something wrong. But obviously do let us know what's been keeping you busy, what's been keeping you entertained over the course of this lockdown. And maybe um, 
that's something that we could get into as well. And you know, Brad, thank you for that uh, Jim Lee story. I'm definitely going to be picking that one up, especially at that price. Um, and I might actually look at seeing if I can get a second copy of uh, Wednesday Comics too, because I've only got the original uh, 12 issues and I read them far too often. Um, did you say there was a collection of those as well, actually, mate? You, I think you said there was a collection, wasn't there? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think there is. Yeah, yeah. That's one I have to pick as well. Yeah, yeah. Sure, but definitely. Marvellous. Right, so that has been us for another week, delivering you the weekly gossip from around the DC universes in the 70th episode of the DC Comics News podcast. Now, Brad, if people do want to talk about all this stuff with you, where can they find you, sir? Uh, you can find me writing news and reviews, DC Comics News, and you can follow me on Twitter, FlickyB1. And where can they find you, Steve? <laughs> I've literally been everywhere this week. I can't even believe it. Um, easiest way and where I do most of my internet damage is on DC Comics News and our sister night, Dark Knight News as well, the Batman side of the DC Universe. The easiest way to get all that stuff is literally just search Steve J. Ray in your search engine of choice. If you want to read about other stuff which isn't necessarily just uh, DC or Batman, then head over to Fantastic Universes, the site I own and run with my son. And we've got a dozen other writers on there as well talking about everything they love, every kind of fandom, music, Music, wrestling, horror, books, movies, TV, Marvel, DC, and everything in between. Check that out too. If you want to talk about this show, please, please, please. I love receiving your comments. I have a great laugh with our listeners all the time for the uh, I Am The Night podcast, the show that my son and I, um, and soon with others, talk about every week about the Batman animated series show. Um, hit me up on Twitter at EL underscore STEE. VO. To comment on this show, to comment on anything that's DC Comics news related, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr and YouTube for the podcast and all our sister shows, The Spinner Rack, I Am The Night and the new Crazy Brad. How crazy is Mad Love Harley Quinn? It is insane. Insane <laughs> in the membrane. Listen to that show. You will not be sorry unless you have sensitive, delicate ears. In which case, if you do, you're probably not watching the TV series either. But you can pick up all those gorgeous shows on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Do so. You're really missing out if you don't. But one other thing that everyone out there really does need to do is read more comics. Comics. We will be back next week. Brad, thank you, my friend. Lovely to talk to you, as always. Oh, always a good time. <laughs> and uh, fans, listen to us all go nuts on the Mad Love Harley Quinn cast, too. This is our sensible side, isn't it, Brad? Yeah. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> we will be back. Take care, all. Bye. <laughs>